Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast. It's Cousin Sal coming to you with his good, good pal, Dave Damashek. Monday, April 5th, Championship Monday on the basketball side. Yes, the NCAA produced a fun Final Four. The two best number ones squaring off tonight, Dave Baylor. And Gonzaga, let's just get it out of the way. You, you you need to apologize, not even to me, but to everybody out there for your coin flip analogy. Hey, but listen, we're here. Go ahead. You know, you know me. I'm a I'm a man of the highest integrity, Sal. Yes. And, you know, like Jerry Orr back at the end of Dirty Dancing, <laughs> when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I was wrong about this tournament. We all got what we wanted. We got some fun upsets. We got some memorable moments. And here we have it. The clear-cut two best teams. We knew these were the two best teams two and a half, three months ago. And now here we are coming out clean on the other side after crawling through I don't know how many court <laughs> lengths of mediocrity. Um, but listen, we got the we we got what we wanted here. And maybe more importantly, let's wait and see what happens on Monday night, but let's not push our luck. However, this one winds up. We got an all-time classic perhaps even the greatest game in the history of the sport, or at least since, uh, since you and me have been watching. I don't know what happened in 1957, but it, to <clears> my <throat> eyeballs, I think that's the best game at this level of the sport I've ever watched, and that's quite a thing. You're talking about UCLA and Gonzaga? That's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Not, <laughs> I think not so, the other, too. Not the other. Yes. No. I don't want to get confused with this. Yes. They were a 14-point underdog, and we all thought it was too many points, but it was like, oh, boy, but Gonzaga just buries everybody. And even in this one, they scored 93 points. Um, I think it was the best game I've seen, I don't know, at least in 25 years. I was going over uh, a lot of the other ones, and UCLA, uh, sorry, UNLV, Duke, and you had your Indiana Circuit. There's so many good ones. But this one, just the... The fact that they wouldn't go away. I mean, they played as as well as you could play losing a game. I know that's, you know, what whatever. That's cliche. But they played great defensively for a team that gave up 93 points. They got to their spots. UCLA did. There's a, uh, I wouldn't even say questionable, was the right call on Johnny Juzang right at the end of regulation. That block charge call was huge with 1.5 or 1.7. Yeah, they called it right. They called it a charge and uh, kept Gonzaga alive, and they went to overtime. But I think it had one of the best sequences, Dave. And you know what I'm talking about with yes. that that Suggs drop a block on Riley, and then the subsequent pass between four defenders to Team A uh, with about two minutes left, put Gonzaga up by two. Right. I like that you try to defend the honor of uh, of Timmy by like giving him some sort of exotic pronunciation on Team his name. Team A, like it makes him <laughs> say, it gives him gravitas. Um, I think it's funny that there's a guy named Timmy who is right. uh, who is apparently the uh, personification of leverage in this final four. Uh, yeah, I, the block, I know people immediately spoke up. I, I, I don't want to get down about the need to express cynicism from so many people about like the announcement when you say best college basketball game ever and people immediately have to say, do so, you're not allowed, can't say that. You're not allowed. The people have to cut you off at the knees about Anything to have, Joe, hate to say it, uh, Suggs, that was, that, that was a foul. That wasn't a clean block. Like, all right, just shut up. Just uh, I feel it's the other way. It? People don't even want to think about the pass. Like, yeah, that was definitely the best I've ever seen. 
But yeah, it's you, funny. you get both I, camps. It is. Well, it is funny. Yeah, I guess uh, we do hear both of those. Um, but yeah, that that sucks bounce. The recognition. I mean, he makes that monstrous block. Uh, he, he turns his uh, turns his head around over his left shoulder to to see the kid streaking up the floor and without barely batting an eye, he doesn't gather himself. He just, you know, loads it up like a quarterback, like the quarterback he was mm-hmm. and just bounced it perfectly. I mean, in a gigantic spot in the right. game, in his life and everything to pull that off, given the stakes of that. I mean, remarkable. And then obviously he banks it in and talk about the cynicism. People have had to had to use um, their precious hours, precious moments here on the big blue marble to uh, to say, yeah, but that was a lucky shot. I don't feel like that was that wasn't Julian Edelman, uh, David Tyree kind of fluke, though. Right. I mean, he didn't like throw it the length of the cord blindly or anything. I mean, like he got a pretty decent what do you gotta do do you have to put percentages on these things probably you know 10 12 percent that it goes in so yeah it's it's lucky but uh he lined it up he got a good shot and everything else i don't know uh whatever that people are discrediting people are not really discrediting that it was a great game because of the ending i mean that's stupid no one who says it believes it no one i work with who says it believes it good luck to you um with that that narrative the rest of the way i get it you know i brought up the UCLA, I brought up um, UNLV and Duke. Leitner hit two free throws with 12 seconds left to go up 79-77. So, okay, so that's it. That's the ending it has to be. That's less fluky. So that it has to be an ending like that to be satisfactory. I mean, listen, I, I, you know, the immaculate reception, I don't remember it. Uh, not like I was uh, was watching the game or anything. But um, the... Yeah, that, that I I kind of get the spirit of saying like yeah, if it just ends up on a junk play, the holy roller, if you know what that is, when yeah. Stabler kind of rolled it out in the in the seventy eight, and Dave Casper fell out on the end zone in Jack Murphy Stadium, like that's fluky and vaguely unsatisfying. But if you're on the winning side, you take it. I get the idea of it. It's sort of why this maybe is the greatest game of all time in college basketball because both teams played so well throughout the game. There are very flu- mm. few flukes. And like you say, I think the charge call is right. I, I'm really getting nitpicky because if UCLA was going to win that one at the buzzer in regulation, I, I wish Juzang would have pulled up. I'm not sure exactly what he was looking at other than maybe if I take it at Timmy, I'll create the contact and follow yeah. him out and they, then we'll get to over. I find it hard to, I just think he thought he could get to the spot faster. I don't know. They, he I had so. been, he had been such a monster. Uh, boy, all those guys were so much the fun to watch. Everybody right? Tiger just Campbell. Making, as they say, you know, it's like, it's crazy that it's 19 year olds. Can you imagine? I, I mean, I couldn't do that at any point in my life. I would no. never be that good under pressure at any single deed at anything, but these are 19, 20 year old kids making these uh, these moments that are going to follow. That's why I always feel bad for the kid who misses free throws with one second left on the clock because I feel yeah. like, boy, that's going to plague. I, I That's why I, I denounced, you think I'm a curmudgeon about the tournament? Maybe rivaling my most curmudgeonly sports opinion of that March Madness isn't the great evaluator, greatest evaluator of who the best team is. Mm. is uh, I think the Little League World Series, we should not have this on national TV. <laughs> this is going to create emotional scars for kids. It's cool if you're on the winning side. If you hit a home run and you're 11, you're probably going to feel good about yourself for the next 80 years. But what about the kid who the ball goes through his legs? I'm thinking about uh, the the kids 
who are a lot like young Dave Damashek was. That's it was That's haunt, true. it haunts me enough. My failures on the uh, uh, on the diamond in Little League in uh, mm. in Churchill, Pennsylvania. Well, what what if it was watched by five million people? I can't even imagine the damage that might have done. Maybe that's see? why you didn't go far in Little League. I don't know. These kids, these kids got it. They got it. They're all right. They got Moxie. They're fine. They move on. I um, I think it was. Uh, we can go back and forth with the greatest games ever, but uh, I think it was. First of all, would you take Jalen Suggs as quarterback of the Steelers? He was Mr. Minnesota. <laughs> he won best basketball player and uh, football player in the state of Minnesota. Well, wow, a lot of the pundits the out there have said that the Steelers' biggest mistake this offseason was not replacing Ben Roethlisberger with Jalen Suggs. That's Interesting. A, that's a lot of the buzz out there right now. Wow. Major wow. failure in free agency. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did immediately. It's funny. I, I had to look at the bottom feeders of the NBA just to make sure. I mean, not, not with, the, with the draft lottery. It, it's not exact who's going to wind up with that, but it is it, it is fun to to kind of look ahead by two months and and play the game of like who if if it's the T Wolves or whomever who which of those three or four guys that are under consideration um, you're going to want. I, I uh, Suggs now suddenly we've been talking about that this this freshman season ranks right up there with all-time great guard seasons we've ever seen in our lifetime oh, in our lives and well it seems to be a coin flip with Cunningham now for uh first pick with Cade Cunningham and, and Suggs so it's uh it's unless you be don't need a guard and then Mo right. I guess uh right. jumps up right. here's what you want to curmudgeonly take I, I hope none of them go to the NBA the NBA is going to hmm. ruin them yeah I, I to me this right. is why college basketball even with the guys only sticking around for a year it's still so much better and so much purer than the NBA I mean you have a team like UCLA right I, I think the final four was ideal to set up. You have two great teams in Baylor and Gonzaga. You have an excellent team in Houston, number two seed, really just beat up on everyone all year too, uh, in a less than um, terrific conference, but whatever. And then you got the team that just played out of their mind, UCLA, that didn't really belong there, but just they played out of their mind for two weeks. So let's see what they could do. And UCLA plays Michigan, a very good team, and just goes, and what do they do? They... They, they a different style. They play in the low 50s and win that game and then come back four days later. Different style matchup against Gonzaga a game in the 90s and almost win that game like that to me is the difference. Like the style matchups, you don't get that in the pros. Some you'll get some teams that shoot a few fewer threes here and there. But I love the emotion. I love the style matchups and everything else at the NCAA tournament and just college basketball brings to us i, I don't know i'm just so i think down that's on great I, I think that's yeah. exactly right i the the it's satisfying that in football terms we grew up in an age where different regions played different brands of ball almost to the right. conference like almost across the board if one powerhouse team in a conference was playing that kind of ball then everybody followed suit and that's what made the bowl game so much fun was the stylistic differences wait mm -hmm. A Florida team, a, you know, Miami's going to play rugged uh, Penn State or or Oklahoma, who's going to try and grind you and throw the ball three times over the course of 60 minutes. Those stylistic things are different. Now, the NFL has more stylistic difference than college football does. Um, college basketball within, like you say, within a week span. That's what was weird. I mean, Chad right. Barkley and, and anybody else weighing in was like, well, 
if this score goes over, you know, this if, if both teams are in the 70s, UCLA has no chance based on what we just saw. I was like, well, the UCLA was winning games because they were uh, they kept Michigan under 50 points. So obviously right. that was the cookie the cutter way to evaluate. This, exactly. Right? Right. UCLA is going to get killed. They couldn't score 52 against Michigan. Like, all right, well, no, they'll play up and down. They'll adjust. That's what good coaching does. Right. And uh, and that's and both uh, these teams have been going over, I think, Baylor and uh, the Zags have have lately been going over. And well, so this, I guess yeah. that makes I I don't. But based on what you're saying, I kind of I don't know. I, I'm going against everything I just said about uh, admiring people's uh, young guys ability to deal with the pressure of it. I don't know. This feels like a huge uh, get uh, given high stakes and pressure, I feel like it goes down if the press is scoring a little bit. That's right. anecdotal on my part, though. Is that true, Sal? What, just that in just in general? I, I mean, I have a whole theory on the Final Four and the lights and the cavernous stadium and people yes. shooting into the lights and no quarterback throws into the lights because bad things happen and everything, and it didn't matter. There were points all over the place. I mean, for God's sakes, Baylor clamped down on Houston except for one player. They allowed 20 points in the first half, and it still ended up going over. So I don't know. These games are going over by accident. I guess we should pick it. I mean, FanDuel has Gonzaga favored by four and a half points. The over-under is 159. You want to go first, Dave? Who do you like? That's fine. I am going to go with it first as the greatest college basketball game of all time. Um, barely nudging aside Christian Leitner over Jamal Mashburn and company UK. A great game. Leaving in the dust. Villanova v. UNC in 2016. The mm -hmm. over my shoulder, the 83 final, Houston. Right. Um, Fi Slam Jamma being vanquished by Jimmy V. Those would be my top four entries for best game for this game looking a few hours ahead here. I'm going to go with the Zags. I know Baylor obviously has been rolling themselves. They've been, uh, they've covered every game this tournament. And again, this is meaningless, I suppose, but I'm going to say it anyway, is I said before this game, you said 14 and a half. For some reason, once that hook showed up, I decided that's too much. This is crazy. 14 and a half. <laughs> two touchdowns. They have to go for a two-point conversion somewhere. Right. right. That yeah. was that swung it for me enough, and I changed at the 11th hour. I, I flipped over to UCLA. I, just because, like we we've been talking about, no team just... No team just dominates. And I know right. that doesn't apply to Baylor if they win by a point here. But I mean, I think that's scare. I think the better team historically when we is Gonzaga, right? And it's nature, the, the, the stylistic approach that Baylor has could spook some of the, but I like the individual talent on Gonzaga that Gonzaga will have on the floor to defeat what Baylor is doing defensively. I'm taking the Zags minus mm. the four and a half. Interesting. That's, that's okay. I mean, not that interesting. I think you're right. Uh, like we said, every team has a bump in the road, right? Even the that great UCLA team, they had the Tyus Edney run to uh, to beat Miss Missouri earlier in the tournament to get them out. You brought up Leitner, obviously the crazy shot against Kentucky. That was a great team. That had to happen. Um, Gonzaga might have had their speed bump here, and now they try to finish off the undefeated season. I say... Not so fast. I'm taking Baylor plus the points and on the money line. I think Timmy's going to get his points, right? He's just too many easy points in the paint. If these guards clamp down 
on Gonzaga's shooters. Kispert, he can't go crazy. I mean, they find their spots behind the arc. That's the thing with this Gonzaga team. It doesn't matter how deep they are. But if they can control Kispert, if they can control uh, Suggs, and, you know, Davion Mitchell puts this team on his shoulders, I really think it's going to be different. Ayayi, I don't see scoring around 20 points again. They're going to... They're really going to uh, focus on defending these guys. And uh, like I said, Timmy gets his easy points, but 82-75. Yes, 75 for the Zags. Baylor wins. Not only do they win, they win convincingly. 82-75, barely under the 159. There you go. That's my pick. I'm inclined. Can I tell you something? I don't like the jive. I, yep. uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. You can't change your over mind. Myself. What do you mean? I'm not changing. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> but my my logic is based on, like I say, Baylor is effective against any any collective of human, almost any collective of human beings, because that pressure defensively is is, is just um, unrivaled. And so it's it's a shock, I'm sure, to whoever is in there against it. You just it's one of those things you have to be in there against. Mm-hmm. Again, though, I'm I'm riding with individual talent. That Gonzaga has enough guys who can individually defeat that, and that's what it takes. If you when you have two guys, I Suggs. I was looking at specifically. He's uh, his his uh, um, individual total is 15 and a half, and I was right. really on the fence. Do I go with Suggs? I don't know. They they might just they might double him to the point. They might they might pressure him. The, somebody is going to rise up and be the difference maker. I just can't identify whether it's Suggs or Timmy or who or who it is. Yeah, but. all those guys are around 16, 16 and right. a half, 15 and a half, uh, except Timmy who's 21, I believe. But uh, yeah, I just, and you know, no one's as good or as bad as their, the last game they played. But I just look at Baylor and I think they're for real on defense. You know, Houston yes. is not, you know, they're not Drake going in there. They're probably not Gonzaga, but they're not Drake. They, they lived on outside shooting. And rebounding the ball, especially offensive rebounds. And Baylor swallowed them up. I mean, they held them. They're not going to hold Gonzaga to 20. But aside from Sasser, who I think had 17 of the 20 in the first half, I mean, that was a shellacking. And it continued. And they never let him back in the game. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we say Baylor is uh, is better overall. Maybe here's the analogy is the 2000 Baltimore Ravens is that only once this is finished, once they vanquish mm-hmm. this uh, this Gonzaga team, will we say like, oh yeah, it was there right in front of us the whole time. And in the same way that the reason Baltimore didn't go undefeated that year is because they had Tony Banks in, mm-hmm. in the middle of the season and they couldn't score a touchdown. This is COVID. Tony Banks equals COVID. COVID no. got in the way of Baylor and they stumbled there, but now they're back in form. And maybe it's just that generational kind of, um, defensive system that they have going in Baylor this particular season that it's just going to smother everybody sort of like the Ravens went into uh, Oakland and the uh, high-octane Raiders offense that year, MVP Rich Gannon, like, wow, they're going to get theirs once they face the best offense. In, uh, in I lost so much money shorting that team. And then, and then the Ravens just like steamrolled them. And you're like, yep. oh, yeah, I see. I, I guess that's what we should have understood the whole way. Wonder if it's because Baylor... The counter to my side is you don't just run the table. You don't just blow out everybody six times over to win a national championship in March Madness. Maybe that's what will happen here. We'll be like, yeah, they just they just smothered everybody yeah. for three weeks, and that's that. Right. They had trouble with Villanova in the first half, but other than that, they pulled away, and uh, they were just all over. Yeah, it's going to be Davian Mitchell. It's going to be, can he get to the paint? Can he get fouled? You know, the stop and go, pen, dribble penetration. 
I think he's uh, he's the key. Obviously, Maceo Teague is uh, infuriating. I bet Maceo Teague over 15 and a half points the other day. He had zero at half and ended with 11 or 13. But they, uh, they I don't know. They end up not depending on one player there. Not that Gonzaga does either. But I really think this is a, a good game to the end. And Baylor pulls away. Let's ask this. Back to the Suggs banker mm. uh, at the buzzer in overtime. Greatest college feat. What would you say it is, Dave? I'm going to put odds on this, all right? We're going to go to the Riverboat Casino. Is it game-winning touchdown to win the NCAA title game, two-to-one odds, a three-pointer at the buzzer in an NCAA Final Four game, three-to-one odds? Um, Is it the game-winning goal in the Frozen Four at 15-to-1 odds? Don't hear that a lot. Or is it... uh, not getting pregnant, 25 to 1 odds. Oh, my God. All those terrible walks to the Planned Parenthood. It's just You're choking <laughs> on your heart. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just me, Dave. I went through it. Hey, first guy, of all, first of all, you, you know me. I have a 30-year-old kid. Yeah. First of all, I love mm. love. Mm. So I'm not going to. And you know, we're right. talking about clutch moments <laughs> in sports, in the game of life. Yeah. I know it's weird. It's weird to me. It's weird to the man in the mirror that this is the case. There is no one I've ever come in contact with a grown man who is less macho than the man in the mirror is. And yet like Mark Lemke, the second baseman, the light hitting second baseman for the Atlanta Braves who would do nothing for Hmm. six months on end. But then when October would come around, that's when he got his licks in. You know what? When it's go time, when it's time to make a baby, Okay. No one more clutch. That's true. <laughs> well, you weren't in college though, right? It's a little, it's scary. It's scary. I, but just uh, it, it it belongs up there in in uh, the feats. But I admire. No, I'm just saying I, I I admire it. So of course I'm not going <laughs> to say not getting pregnant. That's uh, or you could take the field. To my entire way. You could take the field, Dave, at uh, even odds. What do you? I'm going to go with. Well, first of all, here we can do <clears> the du- we can do it deductively. Is that mm-hmm. what it is or just eliminate? I I, we'll see, I guess. I don't yeah. know what it is, but either way, Vince Young, we saw somebody score a touchdown to win it. Right. Did you think that was better than what Jalen Suggs did or what Christian Leitner did? I think the basketball one's better than the football. Oh, interesting. Well, this is a personal choice, I think. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at examples that we have. And then I'll say Trump by both, not, uh, not in, uh, in the zeitgeist of uh, self-proclaimed sports fans. I don't know how many people care about the Frozen Four uh, when it goes down, but if you ever watch it, I like the moment. Removing college or whatever, I think the greatest thing is that is the overtime winner in hockey because when you watch the replays forever, you watch the guy and you know like, man, in about three seconds from now, that guy is going to be euphoric. But he doesn't know what's about to happen. He's just, you know, he's he's skating in the right circle there. He doesn't know the puck's about to land on his stick, and he's going to bury it, and he's going to be a hero for all of time. But that's about to happen. There's something about that swing instantaneously of the all puck right. hitting his stick, and it's in the back of the goal, and everybody in the joint at one. That's that's the best looking. That's the best visual there is in sports, right? Everybody's sitting there, and then it one behind the goal. The fans yeah. all rising up behind. I'm going to go with that one. You're going with the hockey. All right. It ends up being what you like because I'm taking, yeah. I'm going off the board and I'm going wrestling. Oh. <clears throat> and I think especially, well, you laugh, but if you're, you know, a 190 pounder, 215 pounder, and you're winning the NCAA title in wrestling, 
You can make a claim for being the toughest 20-year-old in the country. You can make that claim. If you're beating up kids from Iowa and Penn State and Oklahoma State and you end up with a title, that's it. I mean, there's no better. Mikey Meatballs agrees, right? Mikey Meatballs, give me a thumbs up. Come on. Yeah, 100%. That's it. There you go. You can't. I remember that. when Sal, I've seen the grainy footage of that. Sal used to vanquish his foes and then he would go and he'd get this big canvas sack and be like, what's go? What's he doing now? And he'd go and he would dump a giant snake on his foe. And oh, he'd be like, what it. the hell? That's it's a different, humiliating, different Sal. Don't do that. And Mikey Meatballs would, would, would dump uh, spaghetti sauce on people. <laughs> it's also a different humiliating, kind of wrestling. But the snake was really weird. It's not right that after kind he'd of suplex wrestling. Them, Oh, congratulations, by the way. Big news for you, John Cena, your fellow yeah. professional <clears throat> wrestler. Now it's a professional-grade uh, relationship you have. I've met him. Um, I've not seen him in years, a couple of years now. But I've met him about a half a dozen times. Always nice to me. <clears throat> follows me yesterday on Twitter. And uh, I got excited, and then I saw he follows 237,000 people, I think. I think. Let's okay. let's look at that. Joel Solomon or... Uh, or uh, Jim Cunningham. Take a look. He, he follows Small a fraction of the of world's population. So. Is it? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> 237 that, that, or whatever small. it is. That's yeah, good. I guess so. Um, what does he follow? Do we, can we see? I guess Two, I'm... 236. No, 236,000. Oh, 236,000. <laughs> that takes so much. That takes a lot of time, right? Who has the time to follow that? I'm many followed people? by I'm follow right exactly. <laughs> His scrolling <laughs> through the Twitter must be yeah. is a different experience the one than I have. Yeah, I have uh, Ellen following me. Right. Yes, and she's got like a million people who she follows, um, which which makes it a little less flattering. Are That's you nice. blocked by anybody that you're aware of? I'm blocked by uh, Booger McFarland. Really? For? I made fun of him uh, one too many times. I deserve it. I think I would block him for, I would block people for what I said about Booger. But I just, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think think he should be. But Jason Witten's giving you a pass. He grandfathered you in. We root for the same football team. I think I grandfathered him in too by not going uh, too heavy on the the thing. Why? Who blocks you? Well, Vontez perfect, and I wear that like a badge of oh, honor. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, although it's a, it's a, you know, a Vontez, I didn't do anything to you. You're the one who did it. I just right. like to show clips of you, mm-hmm. and it makes me laugh. And then you block me for it. I don't know what gives with that. The weirder <laughs> one is Josina Anderson. Oh, like wow. what? What? <laughs> what did you say? Where did things ever get sideways between me and Josina Anderson that she's like, yep. Well, well you could jerk. look it up. I mean, I'm sure you could look up what you've said about her. I, I it's, it's easy it, enough. It, it's uh it's a weird thing. All right, Joel know. Solomon, get to the bottom of this. What what she, happened? She, maybe she didn't see eye to eye on with Dave on fruit of the year, probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Don't be a wise ass, Joe. No one likes that. <laughs> yeah, Dave's taking enough heat for fruit of the year. My God. Um uh, oh, let's play the uh the Barkley clip. Now listen, I don't want Charles Barkley to block me on Twitter. He's nah. the greatest. He really is. And uh, I cut him a lot of more slack than I do anyone else with something like this. But, uh, Jim, let's play this clip. The difference between Baylor and Gonzaga and these other teams. Houston got some Joes. All these teams got some Joes. These the only two guys got gyms and Joes. And that's what win games. A lot of teams got gyms and gyms. A lot of teams got some Joes. Baylor and Gonzaga, the only team, they're the only two teams in the tournament got gyms and Joes. Well, if you if you're Kelvin Sampson, <laughs> well, if you're Kelvin Sampson, 
<laughs> That's the response to that. <laughs> what in hell? I, 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 I was just over the moon. I love getting the <laughs> kibitz with you a couple <clears throat> times a week here, Sal. Little yeah. did I know this whole time that we, that, that the two guys who you only periodically hear jump on the mic during extra points are referred to by Chaz Barkley as apparently the linchpins to college basketball success. We have producer Jim and producer Joel. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we got the Jims and Joel. I think that's Joels. what Chaz was doing. He was dropping the L with his Southern. Oh, you know, is that was going <laughs> Some got Jims. Some got two Jims. Some people got Joel. And and we that's got what both. you need. You need Jim and Joel's. That's right. pretty cool, guys. <laughs> Muzzle tub. Jim and Joel, did you ever think of it that way? It is interesting that uh, he would include you guys. <laughs> no, never thought of it that way. No, <laughs> we got the Jims and Joels, and he's saying it with such a serious face, and yet I kind of understand what the hell he's saying. I, well, <laughs> I, I would like to know, Joel, can you explain which is better? Uh, Was he saying that you're better off with all Joels or all Jims, or it's the magic right. of Jim and Joel together? Because he did say at one point, he's like, everybody's got some Jims. Or wait, did everybody have some Joes? Everybody has some Joes. Yeah. Only some team have Joes and Jims. Right. But then he said something about the other teams have have all Jims. And it seems like if Jim is needs to be sprinkled in with the Joel, then mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to have all Jims? Joe, how say you? I think it's best if you have both, but it really you need a, a Jimmy Joel, like a Jimmy John. You, someone should just get a like a Jimmy Joel. Oh, that might be, or a Joel. Like if you have a Joel, Jimmy Joel. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Joel. So, yeah, like an Embiid. Yeah, yeah. but oh, I, I don't go anywhere without Jim. I really don't. <laughs> and he doesn't go anywhere at all. So that's uh, that works out. Uh, and then you throw a meatballs in there. Yeah, it gets confusing. I gotta say, I'm trying to think. Like, were you a big fan of Madden? Like in the in the nineties, big fan. Sure. I, I I think at one point I was like, this guy could do no wrong. I love him. I hope he sticks around forever. And then by the last five or six years, you're like, all right, that's enough. And I pray <laughs> it doesn't get that way with Barkley. I love Barkley. And I think he's just screwing us with us with the Jims and Joes. I've heard that before. I used to that used to be a rant of mine. Like when when the one idiot like analysis would be like, listen, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jims and Joes. But now Barkley has turned this thing on its head and said teams need Jims and, and Joes, right? There's a <laughs> there's a difference somehow. <laughs> it's really yeah. crazy. I, I mean, I think what we need to bring it on home is Jim and Joel to like be imposed on Charles Barkley's shoulders as his personal angel and devil and should weigh in on the veracity of what Chaz Barkley is saying at any given time. I like that. When he says something like, just freeze frame, and then Jim and Joel explain to the rest of us what Chaz Barkley just said to make some sense of it. Because on face, I'm still grappling with what exactly (laughs) is the message of that. And did he get it right? Can he claim victory? Like, could, could Chaz Barkley say right now, like, told you, told you about the Jims and Joes, and now here we are, and like, what pushback could anybody provide? Because nobody understood what it meant in the first place. Right. So wait, but do we look at the roster? Do either of these guys have any of those? Gonzaga has a Joel. Gonzaga has Joel IA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, he is a Joel. Yeah, but, right. But but he's a Joel. They actually don't have any Jim and Joes. So Dave oh, is right shit. there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Chuck's got to check the roster. 
And none of these teams have Jims or Joes. <laughs> I get what he's saying. You can't have one one type of player, right? And when this thing, all of one type of player. But that's fine. I don't think that's the case for just these two teams. I think you I got guess so. <laughs> I guess that's what he meant. Look at you giving him the giving him the benefit of the doubt. I love it. Please sort don't like turn giving a call. Like Madden. he complains about Michael Jordan getting too many calls. You're giving Chaz Barkley the broadcasting call. Like I ah, just give it to him. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> they let it go though. No one, uh, no one commented. Kenny Smith. Like, All right, I got to talk about exactly. Kelvin Sampson here. <laughs> Isn't that right? That right. The, right. The, the, the Clark Kellogg's like, <laughs> well, I mean, with your Kelvin saying, like, no, 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 we're not talking about anybody <laughs> named Kelvin or Sampson right now. Please keep up there, Clark Kellogg. We need to but do twenty minutes on Jim's and Joe's. <laughs> yeah, right. If, if if that was you or I, I or me, I would be like, whoa, 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 Chaz, whoa, 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 right. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? What, which is the better one, though? Do, what if I had to choose? <laughs> Who would win in a game of all gyms, a team of all gyms versus a team of all Joes? Who's the favorite in that one, then? You know? Right. Interesting. You got all right. You got Joe Dumar. You got Jimmy Butler. I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to go go all over. There was Joe Smith. Joe the Smith. Most boring named uh, pretty good player <laughs> in sports history. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a. I, I hadn't thought about that. How many you, you got? Uh, Who's our friend? The Ohio Mars. State. It's Joe Harris now, and there's um. Now I can't. There's Jimmy can't Johnson. Think. Jimmy. Right. I'm sorry. Jimmy Jackson. Jimmy Jackson. That's what I was thinking. Ohio State. Yes. Yes. Our guy. Uh. Oh man. There's so Jimmy much Harden. to think about. But they only do have one Joel. You're right, Joel. Um, and that's uh, for Gonzaga. Hey, what do we think about cutting down the nets? We like this tradition. Now, they usually do it. Did they do it for the region? I don't think they did it for the region. They usually do it for the re First of all, they usually do it for the conference tournament. The te team that wins cuts down the nets. They do it for the region, and then they do it for the championship. But in this case, the region is in the same arena as the championship game. So I think they skipped it. I think we would have seen it. I didn't see even a frame of that. Maybe they did, but I've long said not only do I like it at the college basketball level, I don't know why NBA teams don't do the same thing. Why does it drop oh. off at college? It's a it's a cool deed. It's not something that somehow is inherently collegiate. Why wouldn't uh why wouldn't the NBA guys do the same thing? It's odd. Right. Fact. Or maybe they get their haircuts, their beloved haircuts right there on the ladder. Could, right. I, I mean, mean maybe that's the scissors the there. One. Yeah. Right. I think that's the way to do it. Either way, no, one no, of those Jim teams. That's Jim and Joe. <laughs> I say 82-75. Baylor, Dave is taking the Zags to roll here. Um, oh, one whining moment. We set up this hotline. If you lost on that crazy buzzer beater or just have a bad beat tonight's game, or we, we want to hear about it. We want to hear all the tears in your voice. We want to hear about the Jims and Joels that let you down at 818-208-1681. And we'll put it to the one shining moment um, music and we'll play it uh, Wednesday night on this uh, podcast. Yes. Let's hear about all your bad Excellent. beats and bed eggs. You barely fun. survived, right? What do you mean? I, well, I saw you on the social media watching the game. And while Jeff Schwartz, our pal who just roots for the Pac-12, roots for the entire conference like a weirdo, um, you were you were living and dying with every possession. Oh, money wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I have a lot. You just I, need a straight up win, right? I, I had them right. I had them on the money line tied to uh, Stanford uh, ladies yesterday, which was nice. That was also a very fun game. Oh, boy, they almost blew that uh, against that upstart Arizona team. 
Um, and I had Gonzaga to, to try to tie to Jordan Spieth. I had them really everywhere. But I also, in that Fox Bet Live game we play, I have Baylor as a seven to one. I really could do well with them if they won the whole thing. So I, I, this is where I get crazy. I would have lost thousands and thousands of dollars, but would have stayed alive, still alive in that Fox Bet Live, the TV show we do on on FS1. So I was uh, conflicted, as I always am. And nothing could be easy with me, Dave. You know that. All but, right. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know how to feel about it because I, I saw you take to it that you were very nervous that if the Zags um, went I, it just uh, that there's so much fun to root for. And aside from being a local team, that UCLA team, right? That Tiger Campbell, the Riley's fun to root for. They just look like they're having fun playing the game. Obviously, Johnny Juzang, that Hawkes, I feel like he should score 30 points a game. I feel like he gets to the, the, the rim every time. I don't it's know what fun. happens with this team. Yeah, I don't. I, I said uh, five minutes ago about um, the pro prospects for for Suggs and where he might go. That is part of the charm of it. You know, we talked about that on minus three with with Hench. It's um, there. There. What's part of the fun is knowing that real Cinderellas and UCLA isn't a real Cinderella like we've talked about, but. In the olden days, the thing that's been lost, but it's still even there with these teams that are, you know, with Gonzaga, even look at Timmy, really take a good, long, hard look at that guy. That mm. guy is is maybe going to end up being the if they win it all and, you know, things break right tonight for him. He's going to be the most outstanding player. Look at that guy. Yeah, as, 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 I mean, he's lifted fewer weights than I have, you know, I mean, and I, I picked up a, com- a couple of those ones that. You know, like uh, the wife uses on the treadmill or whatever. Like that's oh, about right. as much weightlifting that as counts. I've ever done, and that's more than Timmy's done. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's I agree. Uh, it, it's it, it's fun to see these guys who have no future in basketball. Like Timmy, do you think he projects like Juzang going into the tournament wasn't a draftable guy? I think now when you watch him play, you get into your head like, ooh, I. Right. I He's going to be a lottery pick. I don't think he is. And I don't think Timmy's a lottery pick at any point either himself. It's all needs. And I don't even know if these guys start on an NBA team, a lot of them right away. Right. So that that's the whole thing. But uh, definitely, definitely fun to watch. I'll tell you what, though, I have a lot of beef with FanDuel, Dave. Now they pay oh. our salaries here, but they've taken the fun out of this championship game. Because what they're doing is they're offering 40 to one odds. We painstakingly went through who's going to win Gonzaga, Baylor. We're trying to figure out. They're like, ah, not so fast. We're giving you 40 to one odds on whoever you pick Gonzaga or Baylor. New users get 40 to one on either team to win the championship game. You get 200 bucks for a $5 bet. Hey, if you've been watching from the sidelines all tournament long, I don't know what's wrong with you, but now is the perfect time to get in on the action. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Make your first deposit to unlock exclusive 40 to 1 odds. The app is easy to use, and when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. Just sign up with promo code extra points so they know that we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra points. Dave, you can bet Gonzaga at 40 to 1 odds and then and then put a few bucks on uh on Baylor at what are they? Plus 180? What is Baylor right now? So it's minus, no, it's not not that high. It's minus 200 for Gonzaga and plus 168 for Baylor. All right, you're going to make money. Vandal is not allowing you to lose money. That's a good way to do it. See that you you figured it out. You know what else I would do while you're at FanDuel, Sal, if I may? I would also 
pay a visit to the NHL page because okay. we've been talking a fair amount about how the the best, most guaranteed way to make some loot is to bet whoever's playing the Sabres mm-hmm. uh, minus a goal and a half. It was a surefire winner. Well, the Sabres uh, heard about it. The sports gods heard that we were stealing money and they've put an end to it, at least temporarily. We'll see. I'll, I'll update you if that changes. Yeah. Right now, the new Sabres is inexplicably, as much as I hate them, it's hard to fathom that this team now officially stinks. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, They're yeah. playing the Boston Bruins tonight. The Bruins are giving that, uh, at that goal and a half, are plus 138. Get mm. on this. I think the Bees found their game on Saturday against uh, against the, a really good Penguins team, the way the Penguins are playing right now for the Bruins to take them down in the manner they did. This indicates that the Bruins maybe are turning the corner a little bit especially against the Flyers who are just, like I say, inexplicably woeful. The Bs mm-hmm. minus one and a half at plus 138. Get that as well. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes, please. And I, this look, this is where people get hurt with the Sabres. For weeks, Dave, and I picked up on it uh, much later than Dave, was saying bet against short the Sabres, bet against them, give the puck and a half. You'll win every time. I think you won like 11 out of 12. Then they started losing by one goal, right? And now, yeah. then, they, then they started winning a couple games. They should have beaten who? Who was it that they were beating by three goals? Was it the Flyers? They, they were beating by- the Flyers by three, and right. the Flyers rallied to salvage their dignity. But apparently, that was only temporary because then the same thing happened, and the Flyers couldn't rally couple all days the way later. back. Same and thing. then and now it's punctuated by uh, by uh, Eddie Spaghetti's blue shirts losing, <laughs> losing right to the Sabers. That was bad too. Now here's what I want to say: This is where people get hurt. I'm not saying the Sabres are good now, but they figured out how to be competitive. That's right. Back off. Back off that trend for a while. Watch them for the next three games. Maybe they'll go back to being terrible, but I have a feeling they figured out just exactly what I said, how to not lose by uh, six goals every game. I don't know what's going on with this season. Before we close the book on this uh, Gonzaga-Baylor game, I just want to read the odds for MVP. Um, Suggs was eight. To one between eight and nine to one to win the most valuable player or most outstanding player uh, award, as it's called. And now he and Timmy are plus both plus 115. Timmy's expected to score about six more points than Suggs. Davion Mitchell, if you like Baylor to win, is plus 450. Jared Butler, six to one. Corey Kisper, 10 to one. Maceo Teague for Baylor, 12 to one. And Joel Ayai, who went crazy uh, last game, is 14 to one. What do we like? Timmy or Suggs. I I just think those those plays are so they stand out so much that if they both put up decent numbers, Suggs gonna win it. Is gonna win it. I, I I know this is unsatisfying from uh somebody in my seat. I'll throw Suggs in because it feels like it's his moment, but I'm I, I I'm officially not wagering on it. I defer to you, Sal, because I have in my brain this is a stupid tick, but it dates all the way back to nineteen eighty four. Um mm. When the uh, when Phi Slamma Jamma got its second crack at a national title and they played Ahoya Paranoia mm-hmm. and you were thinking like Patrick Ewing, he's going to get who's going to be the MVP and Michael Graham was so good or is it going to be Akeem or what? Who, how's this thing going to going to break? And then it was Reggie Williams, the mm-hmm. upstart uh, lanky guard for for G-Town that did it because he scored 19 in the title game and it was like, well, Obviously, he's got to be it because he scored the most points in the championship game. So basically, it boils down to 
Who's going to be the top scorer in this game? Probably Timmy. So I guess uh, so. I'll reverse it away from Suggs. It feels like his moment now, but if right. Timmy puts twenty on it and they yeah. win the title, then he's going to be the MVP. That's how these. Yeah, if he's go. if it's if, if they're neck and neck at this point and he dominates, uh, I guess it could be Timmy. I'm going Mitchell anyway because I think Baylor right. wins. Well, plus, I guess plus four fifty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's only been a handful of times when the losing team, uh, a player in the losing team, has uh, won that award. All right, let's go to uh, baseball. <clears throat> Got a full weekend, basically a full weekend. Not for my Mets. They, they, they might not play all year. Actually, uh, Jake DeGrom is on the bump tonight against the Phillies, who are 3-0. and That's a surprise. One of the surprises. Uh, Braves 0-3. That's a big surprise. Dave, your Pirates are 1-2, and and poor Charlie Hayes' son, who was projected to be Rookie of the Year, is hurt now. <laughs> it's a home run in his first at bat. Like, ah, listen, game. maybe this season will be a little bit of fun. We'll watch the kids. <laughs> Led by him, and he hurts his wrist. Yeah, I have no expectation there. It's way better. It's way more fun um, to watch Yankees and uh, Red Sox fans right now. See which one can announce more loudly, like, season's over. Yeah, yeah, like, that's fun. <laughs> Red Sox 0-3. Yankees are 1-2, <laughs> and, and legit Yankees fans I'm seeing on social media, some pals are like, it's over. Yanks just aren't good. Why? And, but unironically, just stating like, I don't know why the whole offseason was about how the Yanks are are going to be really good. You can see, like, just watch them. You can see they're not a good baseball team. So that's that. <laughs> they're one and two. I love Settle it. Settle down, everybody. I'm looking. I don't know what I'm looking at here. CBS projections and uh, Boston, one point seven percent to win the division. That's I love seeing that. And Baltimore, who's in first place at three and zero, is less than one percent to win the division. So I guess what they're saying is it's early. Uh, who else? Houston's 4-0, Piacenti's team. My God. Uh, and Oakland, who was supposed to be neck and neck with them in the West, is 0-4. So those are surprises. Like I said, that gets over underway. I'm going to put a little on DeGrom here. What do we got here? What time, what time is it? One, that's Isn't that it. the thing? Isn't Let's that, do uh... it. Minus one and a half is minus 120 at Phillies. Moore's on the hill for uh, the Phillies. They They have to slow down a little bit. I don't like my team taking a week off, though. All right, we'll get back into it. That's a uh, 7.05 start on the East Coast. Uh, the Sunday night game, we had not much to watch, so all eyes on the Angels yesterday, and Shohei Otani goes out there and throws 101 miles an hour and then takes his first swing and skyrockets it. Well, it's still going. Yeah, And then in the fifth inning, still on the hill, gets nearly broken in half. Uh, trying to cover home on a on a on a wild pitch. That was a, another crazy bet. They're up three one. I think they had one infield hit against them. The White Sox uh, uh, did, and uh, somehow that game was tied. And he has to leave the game because he's hurt at the plate. But anyway, his MVP odds went from late February to, from fifty to one to fourteen to one odds. Dave, if I told you over under two and a half years, Otani is going to become only a hitter. What would you say? I say that's no fun. I say, come on. Uh, I say, come on, Madden. Do the right thing and and keep doing it this way. This is one of those things that, you know, when you first watch sports and you're like a seven-year-old, the things you're like, why doesn't this happen more? Why don't guys do, why don't guys uh, learn to be ambidextrous and pitch like, like batter to batter? Like, oh, he's mm. a lefty? Well, I'm pitching this guy lefty. Now I need my, my right-hand glove so I can pitch to the, like, that or a morbidly obese man in goal. Like, you know, why don't they put uh, a fat right. guy 
to play NHL goalie. Let's see how these things go. Yes, a guy who is a slugger and a great starting pitcher. This is uh, this is the brass ring for the sports fan. Don't don't ruin this for us. And by the way, it's just weird that he gets hurt. He's, he's gonna be fine, yeah, but he gets hurt as a pitcher covering home, right? not even sliding into home as a batter. It's it's, it's very so much has to go right for to be able to pull off this uh, dual purpose. Uh, a major league I hear you, but listen, it's the Halos. Come on, it's a, the, I know that they fancy themselves as a contender, but let's uh, let's keep it real here. You're not you're not the world beaters. Let's devote the season to Otani. I mean, the 60 Minutes did a great uh, profile of him about three four years ago, mm-hmm. and I marveled. I'd never heard of him until then, and it's like, is this guy really going to be able to make it? Right. In Major League Baseball, because if this actually happens, because it was all about like he's going to be a hitter and a pitcher and he's going to dominate it both just like he does over here. And I was like, let's see. I hope he does, because that would be cool. But the injuries have gotten in the way. Just let's do this. Let's devote. We we, we deserve it after uh, this past. I know he's got to stay healthy. I mean, God, it's throwing over 100, hitting him out of the yard. A lot of fun. Um, Did you see the Space Jam trailer? It's out. What'd you think? It's no Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> that was average at best, right? I haven't was watched a- it, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. I've, I've read enough about it. Yeah. Okay. I, I See, I, I read, though, I've already, spoiler alert, Kong finds a radioactive axe or something like that. It, it, it had to be that way. You can't, like, have, how could Godzilla be fighting just a, be fighting King Kong and have it be a fair fight? Well, is it enough you though? Weapon? You have to see if it's enough. It's so, it's so funny with my kids and, you know, I, I figure I can get the seven-year-old watching this, right? Kong versus Godzilla. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Dad's got a streaming service that could show this like as if it's a movie theater. We'll make popcorn. And he's not why they, they are not interested at all in the film until the music swells, right? Hmm. And then even that, like, really d- doesn't look up from his iPad. They're trained now. The, the music kind of, it's a, it's Pavlovian, right? The, the way the music gets them to react to the movie. And honestly, other than that, he was like watching Annoying Orange on uh, on his iPad. Uh, in, ni- yeah. uh, in 1917, that's one of the great moments in cinema in the last decade, at least, is when mm. he wakes up after he shoots the guy in the building. If you saw the picture exactly halfway through. To my mm. wife's annoyance, I can, to the minute, if I see, oh, 1917's on, when did it start? I can tell you exactly. It's like, it's uh, 61 minutes into the movie is when you will find this movie. If you land this scene, he wakes up at night after he bonks the back of his head and he gets up and he looks up and he sees the night sky illuminated by the, by the uh, flares and everything. And the music mm. swells and he walks out into this destroyed town. It's all blown out and he's walking there. It's just, it's gorgeous lights out. You got to watch it. Um, oh, but I yes, to your point, yeah. the music swelling is everything. It's it, right. it is uh, it really defines the picture. But all right, to Space Jam. Well, I'm gonna uh, I have to sit down now tonight and watch okay. 1917. With you do really? It's yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, Space Jam. I put uh, the Looney Tunes, LeBron's Looney Tune team minus 1400 over the Monstars. You can get hmm. nine to one on the on the take back for that. What do you think? I I, I think that. Do you remember the? Uh, um, I can't think of what they were called. The Hannah and Barbera Olympics, Hannah the Laugh Barbera. Olympics, yeah. the Laugh Olympics. Mm-hmm. Remember that there was one team with Yogi. Yogi Bear had a whole team of, mm-hmm. of cartoon characters. Um, Scooby Doo had a team, and then there were the bad guys, Dirty Dastardly, the, right? The Dastardlies, right? 
And what was the greatest thing about that show was they would compete in the series of events every every week. And what was great was every once in a while, the dastard leads would win. Right. I think it would be great if the Monstars would win this. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, they did that, that with that Marvel, was- right? And uh, and uh, what's his name? So who's the bad guy? T starts with a T. He the- won. The Hulk couldn't get green. Thanos. Thanos, yeah, with the yeah. thing. He won temporarily. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, let the Monstars win, or Let's maybe there's a nice little flip it, and, you know, LeBron becomes upset with uh, the Looney Tunes team, and, you know, as is the case with a lot of these players, switches sides. He demands a trade halfway through the movie. I think that I like would that. be that's, way to go. That's, yeah. see, you're just, you should be a movie exec. You Thank you. You run one of these fancy studios, because you just set up a sequel. A, I just, a third, a third leg to this. That's can't, what I want. can't even get my kid to watch Kong versus Godzilla. How am I going to be a, a studio executive? I know nothing about this. Um, all right, so that looks fun. I don't know. LeBron who would win a teams. fight? I told you I was going to ask you this. I'm just going to boil it down to this, unless you have a good one. Go what movie action heroes, human beings, would you like to see fight? Oh. Or I'll just throw one at you. Go ahead, throw one at me. We got a couple of emails on this. John oh, Wick did. was all over the place. This is this is a common one. John Wick. Okay, go mm-hmm. ahead. Read the email. No, God, give me yours and I'll, 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 cause it's going to take me a second to pull it. Jason up. Bourne. Yeah. Versus Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. Oh, interesting. That's great. Who would win that fight? And I'm, what I'm going to allow is uh, she gets a sword. You didn't like she that. She gets uh, her sword. She gets you- her sword. What you can't have is a gun. Cause if you're a human being and you have a gun, then the other person presumably wouldn't be able to get close to you. If mm. It's, if the weapon doesn't leave your possession, if it stays physically in your hands or otherwise, like if you're shooting an arrow, you know, well, then what, what, what are we talking about? That's you're just shooting right. something across the way. I'm talking. It's got to stay on you the whole time. If it's a sword or mm. axe or the sticks, you know, that like the one Teenage Mutant Ninja Tur- Turtle right. uses nunchucks like uh. that. Who wins that fight? She can have her. I sword. give it to her. I'm going to give it to her. Yeah, yeah. She was in a coma. She came out of that coma and almost immediately, boom, was uh, back to her ninja tactics. That's out of true. that coma for many, Jason many years. Bourne, Jason Bourne got shot in the back multiple times and he, mm. he came back too. So they've both been through it. They're right. probably neither one is in their absolute pristine prime any longer based right. on the aforementioned injuries. But both are, you know, all time killers. And Uma Thurman, Beatrix Kiddo is, you know, she takes down. The thing I admire about both of them is, and what Mm. distinguishes them from John Wick or anyone else, is they're not just dealing with Ham and Eggers. You know, they're fighting the world's most lethal adversaries. And they win every time. That's really the thing that that separates them from anybody else. Jason Bourne is fighting the top, like, there are like five people on 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 the planet Earth that might be able to kill him, and he kills them instead. That like that's that's the that uh, he kills one. And again, this isn't me. He's fighting. He's fighting one of the world's most lethal uh, guys. Uh, uh, you know that that could kill. They dispatch this guy specifically because he's one of the like two or three people who might be able to kill Jason Bourne. And Jason Bourne kills him with a book. Right. He beats the guy up with a book. Well. You know, I get I get it. Uh, but he didn't beat up Nada, Roddy Piper and John Carpenter's They Live. He didn't oh. beat him up. And I don't need any sword. I just need those sunglasses for RP. And he came to kick ass and chew bubble gum and he's all out of bubble gum. And that would be it for Jason Bourne. That's my pick. 
him I over think it's Uma, a beautiful homage, and I'm going to allow it, even though Jason Bourne and Beatrix Kiddo have nothing to do with alien life form. But okay, well, that's fine. Well, the maybe they should become have, accustomed to it. But they have no meaning. So what? So it's like, oh, yeah, they, they're not aliens. Right. Then what? But this, okay, all right, listen, I like the homage to your- I'm, pal, a, sun, I'm a sunglass half full kind of guy. Okay. I'm going Rowdy Roddy. Fair enough. Um, Jordan Lyford says the best possible matchup between two human movie characters would be Jason Bourne versus John Wick. Love the podcast, guys. Mm. Huge fan. Jordan from Maine. Uh, I had a couple other ones. Oh, again. Yeah. Uh, James Brown. It feels good. John Wick versus Jason Bourne would be a great mano a mano. Maybe Jackie Chan versus Ong Bak or Bruce Lee. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I almost have to include Bruce Lee in there. But yeah, Jason Bourne, the, the superpowers get in the way. The extra Send us more can. matchups. Yes. I, like, I, I like doing matchups like this. They're <clears> fun. You're, you're a pugilistic uh, sure. uh, expert, so send more of those. But the John Wick one, recency bias, most of his killings are delivered via uh, gun. I mean, like, yeah, he, I know he, he right. takes some guys out in close combat. But again, most of those guys are ham and acres. That's right. the difference. All right, we'll talk to FanDuel to set these odds. But, okay. yeah, hit us up with more matchups. The Extra Points Gang at gmail.com. Hey, the new Crown Royal TV spots remind fans to stay hydrated, stay royal, and to not be that person that ruins the game day experience for friends and family. And now this week, my Crown Royal Athlete of the Week is Jordan Spieth. Yes! I bet him on Saturday, Dave. I took a look at the board. I was like, you know what? I could still get three to one odds on him. He's doing well. He's playing in Texas. The Valero Open wins it. 18 under, 67 or better, three of the four rounds. And here's what I like. He, he used a sand wedge. He was from 120 yards out. He used a sand wedge. Like, ah, interesting, curious uh, decision. He hits it, ironically, into the sand right by the green. And he turns to his caddy. He's like, my bad. That was a bad club choice. Like, imagine these guys. Who apologizes to their caddy anymore? You know, that's what it is. Right there, 18 under. He wins the Texas Valero Open. And now, 9-1 to one odds to win the Masters. He won that green jacket in 2015. He's going to go to Augusta and compete. I don't mind Jordan Spieth. A lot of putts to save par. Yesterday and Saturday, he's playing his best game. Jordan Spieth is my crown royal athlete of the week. Who's yours? That's very good, and advice uh, for anybody going to the Masters this week. Don't win the par three tournament. I don't understand. Right. Like, why would you try to win that when you know that if you win that, you can't win the main event? Anyway, that's uh, that's mm -hmm. my counsel there. Uh, I'm it's like go, the President's Trophy in the NHL, right? Like, don't precisely. do it. Don't get exactly. that one seat. Right. What, what, how much more evidence do you need that it yes. doesn't work out for the, You'll be for the guy or the days. team that does it? Yeah, that that that's exactly right. I'm going to go back to the well six, eight weeks after I first went there in the NBA MVP race. He's starting to pull away. Nikola, if you want to say Nikola, I'm going to allow it, the Joker, however you want to do it. There was a sequence, middle, uh, I mean, you know, swooning still from great college basketball and otherwise over the weekend. Late last night, I'm watching the Nugs play and, you know, there's a sequence. There are two straight possessions with about four minutes left in the third quarter where Jokic, the seven-foot guy, um, you know, first of all, humiliates his defender at the top of the key, drives to about five feet uh, from the rim, and then uh, floats a perfect alley-oop. Then the next possession steals it. Um, 
is running the floor and throws a perfect bounce pass about uh, Jalen Suggs would envy the quality of it. And the most jarring thing is he heads towards the MVP. And like I say, the odds are now getting prohibitive in his favor. James Harden is still within reach. It's the eyeball test. It's that guy's doing it because he's Greg Ostertag. If you remember Greg Ostertag Mm -hmm. from Kansas and those Utah Jazz teams and everything, it's Greg Ostertag doing this. It doesn't compute for your eyeballs. It's the same as like when you watch movies all the time and the guy um, who just hosted Saturday Night Live, if you watched him play the Black Panther and then he comes out on the stage and now he has an English accent. It's like, what? How is this the same human being? It's like if... um, it's it, it's like if Michael Jordan had a spot on doppelganger, but couldn't uh, couldn't jump more than six inches off the ground, or right. if there was a Chicago Bears QB and you're watching him and he was really good, it doesn't compute. <laughs> you understand? This is Greg Ostertag <laughs> dominating co- uh, professional basketball. It makes no sense, and yet I tip my hat to you. And it doesn't mean that I've been drinking too much Crown Royal. It's just confusing. That's all. I tip it my hat confusing. to you, future MVP. In a world of supreme athletes, the guy who looks like Greg Ostertag is the best of the whole lot. You know, I don't know if it's too late where they are in production, but LeBron would be smart to recruit him away from Monstars and put him on Team Looney Tune. Nikola Jokic. (laughs) Just do it, LeBron. Why? why, Listen, (laughs) if if Calvin Johnson, who seems like a nice enough guy, could make himself Megatron, who's the, you know, the chief bad guy of Transformers. Why wouldn't one of these guys, why wouldn't Giannis be like, hey, Monstars, you looking for a player? This guy right here. That's true. That's your guy. All right, that was a Crown Royal water break. Moderate your drinking on game day. Stay hydrated. Stay royal. For more tips on how to crown your game day, visit at Crown Royal on Instagram. Dave, you have some minus three episodes coming up. You have a couple of them, right? As we get into a weird period because... Well, first of all, we have Masters this week, so that's fun. But the next five or six weeks until hockey playoffs, which doesn't start till May 11th, I believe, um, we have, I don't want to say meaningless games, but we have a lot, of, a lot of regular season games, maybe more than we need in basketball and in hockey. But you're going to cover it all. Yes, I'm looking forward to it all. And great news as uh, New York, uh, the state of New York tracks towards legalizing things uh, Mm. um, for us. Um, This is the optimal time to jump in and not just because Kevin Hench is, uh, I mean, I I get the the moral conundrum. You don't want to support Kevin Hench because he's mean. You know, he he attacks everybody. I'm a nice guy. And Eddie Spaghetti's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And he loves his New York teams. And I love my Pennsylvania teams. And Hench loves what he loves. Um, And we talk about all of it. The Northeast sports fan wants to be listening to Minus 3. Download, subscribe, tell your pals, all the rest of it. Good times. Yes, we have Laugh Lines with Rachel Bonetta coming up. The Lemon Pepper Parlay guys there. Betting Academy. We'll be doing a couple of uh, podcasts this week. Oh, we have Card Wars, Joel. They just uh, did an episode, right? Paula Duca, Caleb Keller. We just recorded the second ep- episode, and good news, they're going to spend more of your money this week. I, <laughs> they got were, I don't know if you saw this, Dave. They were in Kentucky in a, a freaking crazy, crazy. Uh, it, was, it, was the, it was the most ridiculous collectible store I had ever seen in terms of cards, and this guy went back into, what was his name? Jimmy, and he went back in his, uh, every collectible store needs a Jimmy and a Joe. And this guy exactly. had this guy named Jimmy and he went back in his vault and he just had a million Jordans and all these old cars and cards and Adolph Rupps and everything. And uh, 
It was spectacular. But anyway, these guys, I gave them $10,000 each, and they're going to buy cards from me. What did they get me, uh, Joel? Did I get like an Oscar Robertson or something? Yeah, Paul uh, opened a, a pack and pulled an Oscar Robertson signed gold card as well as a Joel Embiid card uh, that he's hoping is going to go up once he's back. Um, All right. And, uh, yeah, they, they recap it today on Card Wars Episode 2. Caleb spent $682. Paul spent 930 You can find out how they spent it at okay. Card Wars. And, by and the don't way, forget, Sal, yeah, I, yeah. Got, I got that Mario Lemieux rookie card. Oh, this, yeah. It's a fun sort of gamble if you want to make it. I don't know that. I, I think I know the answer for my side. But if you said sight unseen, I'll give you $10,000 for the Mario <laughs> Lemieux rookie card because at its high end, it's worth like $100,000. I just don't know the quality. Of Is that it. I'm right? Not, I'm not. I'm not an expert to be able to evaluate. Like, yes, it's. Uh, you know, do you even have it in this. plastic? Do you even have it? It's, it's of course, covered? I do. You do. Okay. I, of course, I do. I told you, I put it in the bank because I don't want anybody to break in here and steal right. it. But it also has a, a sign. You know what? If you order now, I'll also include a signed uh, Mario Lemieux <laughs> puck. How about that? Oh, that's fun. Okay, would you give me $10,000 for that? I would be so resentful if you did that. And then like, yeah, I just sold it. Hey, hey, Val, I sold the Lemieux card for $125,000. I, I, well, I have to look into repair. it. I, I know that would be fun that. to do to you. I, I have to look into it. I have to figure out how, how you got it. Um, I'm, I can't believe you still have it. You lost all of your car keys. You lost yeah. the trophy and you, you claim you have this little card. You still have in your possession, but um, <laughs> hey, Joel is in the collectible space too. Joel, I'm going to make you talk about what you did this weekend. Come on, let's let's see uh, let's see the baby face. Tell Dave, have, tell everybody what you did. All right. Well, <laughs> while the final four was going on, I was on Instagram Live on uh, something called the Virtual Flea 1980s something co Virtual Flea selling vintage T-shirts. Uh, and, uh, I, I asked Sal, the over under what he thought I made and, uh, Sal hit, Sal hit, I made uh $2,500. He sold t-shirts. That's his thing. T-shirts. He's got these vintage t How many of those, um, did you have to sell to get 2,500? Uh, n nine total shirts, uh, -huh. uh ranging from th this Dennis Rodman Nike shirt, uh, that if you grew up in, 19, in the 90s, you might be familiar with, with Dennis Rodman's face on the back. The hell's going uh, on? And uh, what else? Yeah, luckily my mom didn't throw this stuff away. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Mo Damashek has dutifully held on to all of my cards. They sit up in an attic, and she always says morbidly, like, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. You better get these cards out of here. Uh, right. You better do like, I don't <laughs> know how to transport them to Southern California from Pittsburgh. Your mother saved all the T-shirts. I, I have all my T-shirts, too, in the other room. I, I, I just really think as soon as we finish this, Joel, you maybe want to swing by the house. I, I, I need you to go through. How much was the Rodman worth? It went for uh, four hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! That was not, that that was not my highest. My highest selling shirt was a uh, a Bulls Chicago Bulls championship shirt uh, with the team on it. Went for five hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, wow! Thanks to, thanks to everyone for watching, and uh, <laughs> right. yes, yeah, send me your t-shirts. I need now. These are shirts that shirts. have been washed. You you've washed these over the years, and they've maintained their value. I've, I've washed them. I've wow. taken great care of them. Uh, they have yellow they pit are, stains. That's what I mean. It's like, what, what goes on? 
I mean, listen, I, I don't, I don't know. You have to wear something. So, uh, that's true. I don't know what that means, yeah. but well, that's a good answer. But could you imagine how much a 1986 Mets championship shirt would go for? I they know. don't even exist. I, I guess I can't imagine because what you're telling me is ridiculous Four or yeah. $500 used shirts. It's crazy. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to change my ending to, you have to wear something. I know I, we, uh, <laughs> I am, we've done I'm it disgusted. a lot. <laughs> I took some great t-shirts over the years and I had Threw them, them turned into a quilt. You know, you can do that now. Oh yeah. You did. I did that, but they might. I have one of an animated bo- or a uh, caricature of Bob Knight in the 92 Final Four. Mm-hmm. Remember when he caught heat for talking about a whip and like there's a yeah, picture of him yeah. holding a whip? Mm-hmm. That would have to be worth something, wouldn't it, Joel? Yeah, that shirt's like 30 grand. I, yeah, that's that more than the Lemieux rookie. That's, I mean, I gotta <laughs> check in. Well, wait, the, I don't know that making it a quilt um, devalued it. It might still be all right. What, what else is in the quilt? That's nah. a good point. Unless you got be like babies vomiting on it and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. Poop. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, there's so many different ways to make money. Um, the degenerate trifecta and I are going to try to invent a new one. We're coming on at halftime on the Extra Points pod um, Twitter feed, and we're coming on and we're going to talk about, you know, this is the last college basketball game. You want to make money on the second half, we'll be there to hold your hand and take you through it. Like I said, Lemon Pepper Parley, Laugh Lines, The Betting Academy, Card Wars, Minus Three with Dave twice this week. And a reminder to everyone out there who you may feel like underdogs, but remember, you have to wear something. <laughs>